Hello, welcome to PhysioNote Sounds. This is the podcast for paediatric physiotherapists. I'm Gavin Spence, joining you from the UK, and my friend and colleague Michaelis, you're also in the UK today, but we are about to travel across the water, I think. Is, is that the plan for today? Absolutely. I think we're going more into the uh, Baltic Sea, isn't it? And uh, all the way to Helsinki. Fantastic. So into Helsinki it is, and our special guest, this is Patrick or Patty Villamo, who is joining us from Helsinki. Um, Patrick, thanks so much for joining us. We're most grateful to have you on the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. Nice to be here. So tell us, you, we were talking before we hit the uh, record button, you told us a little about, bit about your practice. You're part of a, a big organization and you've been in the same hospital for a long period of time. You've got some really interesting areas of practice we're going to get into. But perhaps you can just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how your career developed, how you got into pediatrics and how you got to the job that you're in now. Uh, well, I, I graduated in 93 as a physio here in Helsinki and started working in the children's clinic in 95 and been there since then. Now the name has changed and, and we're a part of the Helsinki Universal Hospital and, and the, the name of the hospital is the new children's hospital, the biggest one in Finland. And I've been a physio there since then and yeah, so just working with, with children and youngsters. So tell us what sort of changes you've seen. If you've been in the same hospital, in the same kind of practice for over 20 years, what sort of changes have you seen in, in the way that paediatric physiotherapy practice is and, and in particular how it relates to your relationship with surgeons and multidisciplinary teams and so on? I think, I, I don't know, I, I, th- I guess it's something that happens in, in all the countries at, in, in, in the world. Is there's, There seems not to be enough time so we're in a sort of a hurry all the time i don't know if it's if the hurry is real or if it's something that we just make ourselves to believe that we're in a hurry mostly i'll be working on the on the orthopedic side and i feel that that the the length of the the, the hospital stay or i mean the time that the patients stay in hospital get shorter and shorter i don't know why and and if you see the, the same in your work or in hospitals but but that's something I, I feel feel that it is like that from my point of view and in my opinion I've had a good uh, co-work with the uh, surgeons and orthopedists during my whole career we, ha- we have a, there's a possibility for open discussion and, and uh, changing of ideas so yeah I mean being 25 or so uh, years in a hospital you might understand that I, I, I've liked the work. <laughs> so it's been nice to be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that kind of exchange of ideas and information and discussion about patients, is that something you do formally or informally? I mean, after 25 years, you just know each other so well, you can just talk about it in the corridor or do, do you have meetings yeah. to make it more formal? Mo- mostly, uh, mostly informal, yes. And in fact, uh, another change that I noticed now when you said is that in the beginning, let's say 20 years ago, the work on the ward was also not that, um, what's the word for, for uh, being in a hurry all the time. So we could have these, these meetings every morning. It's called rounds. You have rounds talking about the, the patients on the ward and, and how, how's the night been and, and so on. But that was something that, that we dropped almost 15 years ago. Which is, which is sad, because I, I think those were, for a, for a new physio like me, it was a, a good 
place to learn and to formally or informally discuss and, and ask and, and tell my own opinions. That's, that's very, very interesting. But you know, I have to say, from my point of view, I'm a, I'm a great admirer of the Scandinavian kind of clinical practice in medicine. And I, uh, I think I always said that you are kind of years ahead of the rest of Europe. How, for example, how has COVID influenced your practice? Are you doing more virtual uh, uh, meetings nowadays? Uh, have you seen big changes in, in your practice in the last two years compared to the years before? Not that big. Especially in the beginning, of course, when, when none of us knew anything about COVID and, and it was sort of panicking or panic that, that uh, what, what's happening. We, we planned, we were asked to go towards more uh, virtual uh, receptions and we tried in the toughest times i can't remember which, which months it, it was when when most of the patients didn't come they didn't want to come to the hospital because they were afraid uh, then we when we, we we tested different platforms for for doing this uh, but uh, when i look back now it was nothing that sort of became a part of our practice at the moment but despite COVID, it's something that I think we, we, we are going towards in, in the future. I think so. But it, it sorry, surely needs, needs more planning and, and to, to try to pick out those, those groups of patients and, and the situations where it would be better for the patients and, and better for us not having them to come all the way way to us so i, I think it, it surely is uh, something for the future but but the covid didn't as for today it hasn't sort of changed it very very much we had quite a few patients because we we've been open all the time the hospital didn't lock down in any way right very interesting i mean we have lots of questions to ask you tonight i think one of the things that i want to know a bit about the finnish system is have your wait are your waiting lists long to see a physiotherapist and is it worse now since uh, the, the COVID pandemic over the last two years? Not long uh, just to see physios, no, but very long to see an orthopedist, for example. They are long and they just became longer with the COVID. But as, as today... Why is, why is that? Is it, is it because... So, for example, have you got clinics where you have advanced physiotherapy seeing a bit more uh, complex cases or is it the the patients that they want to see a surgeon rather than a physiotherapist why, why do you see that that big difference uh, i think uh, the waiting list for for operations is is very long so then when when they get to the operation for example they, the the knee is operated and then they they meet the physio at, at post-op uh, two four and six there's we, we always are able to, to get the time for those weeks as, as physios and, and they don't have to wait too, too long. So I don't know if it's, uh, I think it's the problem with operation times in the operational theaters that, that's on the orthopedic side is, is the biggest. Uh, I'll ask problem. one more question before Gavin asks his. So, yeah. so in Helsinki, I mean, you said you're on the largest uh, uh, children's hospital. Do you get patients from big, very big area, just from Helsinki or much bigger no, area? No. What kind of referrals uh, do you much, get? Much bigger, uh, as the biggest is, is the whole of Finland. All the, uh, for example, uh, transplantations are done in, in Helsinki, 
from the whole country and and quite uh, a few or, or, or almost not, not all but a, a very big part of of uh, of, of the can children cancers are taken care of in Helsinki and also the heart operations for children so those patients comes from all of Finland we talked earlier about the, the cystic fibrosis we have an, uh, we have an cystic fibrosis clinic in, in Helsinki our aim and our wish is that every cystic fibrosis patient would be from whole of Finland would, would come to us at least once a year and then those living in, in the southern of Finland, in the Helsinki area and the southern of Finland, they come for follow-ups more regularly, let's say, every third and fourth month. So, so yes, from the whole of Finland, quite a lot, but uh, all of the children and youngsters from the southern of Finland will come to us also. Patty, can I ask you how you organize yourselves in your department? Because you have some very specialist areas of practice, which I do want to ask you about. But do you have colleagues who deal with... Other areas, do you tend to divide your resources? Some of you concentrate more on neuromuscular, some on other areas. Yeah, how, yeah. How, how do you so, organize that? Uh, if there's 20, let's say in our hospital, there might be 20, 24 of us. And I'd say almost 13 or 14 of them work on the neurological side with, with neurological CP and, and muscle, muscular dystrophy and, and uh, those. And then... Uh, on the orthopedic side, there's, I think, maybe six, six of us. And then some, as me, I, I work uh, both on pediatrics and, and, uh, and orthopedics with, with cystic fibrosis, for example, on the pediatric side. And then, then uh, club foot on, on, and, and obstetrical brachial plexus palsy on, on the orthopedics and, and hand surgeons side. And then we have those mainly working on wards like the intensive care unit and, and uh, this uh, hematological with, with children's cancer and, and also these transplantations. So they are in a way specialized on, on those areas. Uh, if, I, if I just add the specialization uh, is, is true work. We don't have exams as, as uh, pediatric physios. We become physios and then you sort of the work you work with you will specialize on that yeah well i was just going to ask you about that and, and do you find you've been in this hospitals now for over 20 years are you still getting a lot of hands-on work or is your role more now as a teacher not 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 fully uh, i also work hands-on but which which is very typical for our hospital is that we don't do therapy we do assessments measurements and then if we think that, that someone needs, let's say, physio for 10 times, then we arrange it nearer home. We, we sort of, the, the hospital buys it. So they don't come weekly to us. They come for follow-ups and then we sort of plan the rehabilitation. They, they get it near home in private clinics, for example. That requires a lot of very detailed communication between your department and the departments close to the patient's home. Mm -hmm. Yep. Something that a lot of healthcare systems struggle with. Do, do you feel that it works well in Finland? Yeah, I think it works well. Yeah, M might be because we're 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 quite a small country, and and as I mentioned, Helsinki and the 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 Helsinki area, the capital area, it's in fact quite small. So during the years, you get to know them. So so it's it's a good network. 
in fact, we every now and then we meet up in in during during uh, afternoons and, and discuss matters. Fantastic. Do do the teams that you're working with who are working closer to the patients homes do they have access to your medical records is there a shared system like that that helps that communication yes at, at the moment for for the last two years we have this uh, this big uh, it's it's been a huge huge uh, sort of change it's called apotti uh, and it's uh, it's uh, from the states uh, epic the epic uh, if you've heard of it the epic yes i know epic yeah yeah, we certainly have. We went to using it like in the next six months at the Evelina London Children's Hospital. Okay, okay. It has uh, good things and uh, not that good things. <laughs> is my opinion. I think <laughs> Gavin already Gavin already used it. I think in Great Ormond okay. Street. Is that right, Gavin? Yeah, we we introduced Epic, um, but the message. I mean, it's just one of many software systems that you could use. I mm. think what is far more important is the stuff that you're talking about, the fact that you know who these teams are that you're working with, they know you, that you meet regularly. That you make it sound very easy. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, a lot of healthcare systems, we, we struggle with that. You know, we, we operate on patients and we think that they're going to have their rehabilitation closer to home. And it's not uncommon to get a message from that team to say, well, what did you do? You know, it'd be nice to know. Nobody's communicated anything to us. I don't okay. know why we struggle. Okay. It's not rocket science. But you guys mm. seem to have it much better sorted. No, of course, of course. Not, not every case is, is uh, that easy. But, but uh, from what I understand and for the, for, from what I do myself, I, I just pick up the phone or, or the email and... and uh, it's not that hard, I think. But, but I think what, what Patty is saying is that the community physiotherapists have access to EPIC and the medical records in the central hospital, which we do not offer this. And that's something that... Is that right, Patty? Is that what you, uh, you, you said? Oh, yeah. No, oh, in fact, not, not uh, quite into the EPIC system, but we have something called... Well, in Finnish, it's Kanta. It's sort of a, every every person in Finland has accessed via has access via for example bank codes they can get to their own uh, what's it called where everything medical is, records medical records and and to that place also these for example private uh, physios have access so right and so that, it, does this they, include they, like x-rays as well and uh, reports mm, i think no not not x-rays no but but all no, the report, everything that I, that I write down will be they, they can so see the in a couple of weeks. So probably the report of an X-ray will be there, maybe an operation note or a discharge letter from the hospital and all that. Yeah, you can you can put put it also in, in your text in your text there. Yeah, you can. Yeah, fantastic. That's that, that that's great. Listen, I, I want to know. So you mentioned Clubfoot. Obviously, you're very experienced in in, in Clubfoot. I, I want to know. Because this, the, these podcasts are, you know, they're listened by a lot of uh, physiotherapists around, around the world, really, not just uh, Finland, UK or Europe. When did you start using uh, Ponsetti uh, uh, casts for club feet in, in Finland? And then I want to know, how is the clinic uh, done? Is it only physiotherapists that are doing this? Who does the tenotomies? Do you do the tenotomies under general anesthetic? Or do you do them in the plaster room where we change the casts? We started in Helsinki with Ponsetti method in uh, the year of 2000. And I think at the moment it's used in all the hospitals in Finland where they treat clubfoot. But uh, we are a very small country. Uh, we, we are a big, it's a big country. 
but uh, the population is small. Under, under uh, I think we are five point something million. So a part of London, yeah. <laughs> a small part of London. Correct. And, and, and if we have, we have club feet, uh, maybe 50 or 60 children per year. And, and in our clinic, we've been uh, more systematically following up since, or, or sort of recording them since 2015. I think we have new babies per year, about 20 to 30, which is not that many, but it's, uh, it's more than, than in the other places in Finland. So our wish is that almost all of the club feet babies would come to us. Because I, I think and we think that, that the only way to learn and to, to have it working and, and doing, doing well is to do it. So if you have a club foot once or twice a year, you, 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 can't, you can't put up a clinic in your hospital. So we surely welcome all that, that want to come to us. But of course, for the families, having to, having to travel there once a week, it's, it's quite tough. But we do the Ponsetti. And, and our team is a physio, which is me, and then uh, an orthopedist, which is uh, one, one every week of, of three or four. They sort of change. Then we have, a, a, is it a cast master? I don't know what's in English, but the one doing the casts. And Pl- then, plastic technician, we call it. Yeah, plastic te- technician, and then, then a secretary. That's, that's yes. the main, main group. And, and um, no, I don't do tenotomies. <laughs> and and we 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 also we, we always have have an orthopedist there. So so it's not that in a way it's not uh, a physio driven. Yes, but yes. but I think it's something that could be in the future. And I I was glad to hear that you you have experience of that. And I think that uh, I would be ready to to sort of start it with us also. I think there has been a lot of talk in the UK about physiotherapy starting doing the tenotomies, especially, I think not all hospitals in the UK do the tenotomies in the plaster room. Most, most of them do. Yeah. I think Gavin, is that right? Most of them do. And then we bring only the complex ones or the ones that may have other problems. We bring that a general anesthetic. Yeah, or after a certain age, I think, you know, I'd... Correct. After the age of six months, I think most people would think a general okay. anaesthetic is necessary. There's yeah. no problem with, yeah. with doing tenotomies in, in the plaster room. I, I mean, Ponsetti yeah. did. But there can be political yeah, problems do. that sometimes people don't understand what it is that you're doing. Um, and once word gets out that an operation is being done on a baby <laughs> without an anaesthetic, you can see how it's open yeah. to misinterpretation, shall we say. Yeah. But um, and, yeah, physio-led clinics but we, are, are, but are we, the we, way forward. We, we, we do the tenotomy in the plaster room under just uh, what's it called this uh, local local anesthesia and in fact uh, back in the days we did it without local anesthesia which uh, in my opinion was not that it was not right to do it so then we got on with with the local uh, local anesthesia and uh, take a couple of minutes for the for the orthopedist and then we do the the last cast for for three weeks and then then that job is done. And, and what and about the um, the abduction bracing then? Who looks after that? Is do you have an orthotist on your team as well? Yeah, we have one coming coming uh, on the on the day that we take the the three weeks cast off. We have the the ortho, orthopedic or, or orthotist technician coming, and it's something that we buy. We don't have it in in our hospital. It's a it's a service we buy from outside, 
and and they come and and sort of uh, put on and and test and and do the first first sandals and in, instruct the parents how to put the sandals on and then uh, connect it to to the bar. Yeah. And then after that, the the child and the family will go home, and and in two weeks we offer them uh, a possibility to come to our clinic or just that, that we phone them and ask how it goes, if everything is fine, and sort of try to, to encourage them to go on. Mm-hmm. And, and if everything is fine, then we do the follow-up from that day till five years of age, about once a year. They come to our clinic with, with the sandals and the bar, and, and we, we uh, meet them. Uh, and uh, measure measure the dorsiflexion and the outward rotation and, and check the walking and check the the weight bearing and and uh, most of all uh, or the, the maybe the the most important thing is the the heel bone the calcaneus the position of that and how the weight is is spread on the foot is it more on the outside is the heel coming down and of course we always hope that that the heel is down and the weight is is planting grade on, on the foot. And that's once a year, if everything is fine. And in fact, uh, compared to the Ponsetti, we've done some own uh, sort of uh, modification. We keep, or we, we strive to keep the sandals and the bar on the baby the whole day around. We, we talk about 23, 23 hours per, per day until they are beginning to stand up by themselves. So till let's say, 8 to 11 months, which is more than Ponsetti learns. The Ponsetti method is, is, is just three months from start uh, and, and then, then during the, the sleep. Yeah, yeah. And then we go till on, on, then we go on till five years of age. Okay. With the, with the bar and, and the sandals. And Patti, what is the rate of tibialis anterior transfers? for dynamic supination. Is this high? Mm. I mean, Ponsetti talks about 40% and probably in, in I think I was okay. recently in, in, in a meeting there saying that um, tibialis anterior transfers is part of Ponsetti. It shouldn't be regarded no, as a no, complication. No, 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 no. So they say we should, you know, up to 60% actually need that doing. So how is your practice in, in Helsinki? Uh, I, I don't know percents, but by my guess would be 10 to 15%. Okay, so much lower. That's much lower, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think 40, 40 sounds very much. And, and, and I presume you do not get any uh, neglected uh, club fit, let's say, from the northern part of Finland. Or maybe you have some refugees, but that's very common, for example, in Central Europe. Uh, my colleagues yeah. in, in Switzerland will tell me that they get you know, neglected club fit where they need to do major operations for kind of, of club fit after doing Ponsetti. Do you get that kind yeah. of cases? Not many. Uh, I, I, I can remember two or three during my years. So, and they, those are, are babies and oh, those are children adopted to Finland from one came from China and, and the other one was, yeah, in fact, he was a refugee from, from some, somewhere in Africa. He came at, at 11 years of age and that was, Correct. Then, then it's hard to, to do. It, it, it won't be that good. Patty, we, we've got just a few minutes left. I, I really wanted to ask you about the, your practice with obstetric brachial plexus palsy because that's a really fascinating yeah. area of practice. 
you said you're getting about 20, 30 kids coming in a year with with club foot. I guess obstetric yeah. brachial plexus palsy is a much more niche market, right? So how many patients are you talking about per year? Again, my, my guess would be about the same, 20 to 30. It, it's not that that many. Yeah, well, in fact, a, a little a little more because just beside the children's hospital is the it's called the the, the women's hospital where, where the child, children are born. So they they phone me quite off, uh, not not off, but but every now and then to have a checkup, and and might might talk about uh, obstetric brachial plexus palsy, but in fact it it's it's not that. It it might be a, a clavicle fracture or or something else. Or a very very mild uh, herbs palsy or obstetric brachial plexus palsy, which sort of heals in, in two, two, two or four two to four weeks, and and if those would be counted in, then we might get up to forty maybe fifty per year. But but our our path is that uh, the physio will meet the child when it's about two two or three days of age, at the at the delivery hospital, and then again at two weeks of age and then the third time at one month of age and if there's still then some uh, asymmetry in in the arms then the child will meet the the hand surgeon at three months of age so that will be the first time they meet meet the doctor then also we do on all those children we do uh, ultrasound for the shoulder and if it's uh, posteriorly luxated then we start treating it straight on uh, with with botox and with with an an uh, orthosis uh, in in abduction and outward rotation and that's uh, something that we've done uh, no it's not that new but but maybe for 10 years when i started my my career with with those children we we didn't do that that well with the shoulders so they got luxated and we, we couldn't treat them that that well what about the MRI scans, Patty? When do you do an MRI scan uh, an MRI, to have a look at the brachial plexus and yeah. so on? An MRI, if they don't we do, then recover. Yeah, we, we do on those that we can see that are that that we start thinking of of uh, uh, operation in the the very very beginning. Those uh, with a, a totally flaccid arm, or or those with very very small movements or or no movements movements at all in, in the fingers where, where you can see that that this is a, a serious uh, trauma yeah the, the the mri is done if we plan the the what's it called the where, where we try to connect the the correct nerve. the repair the repair yeah. of the, the uh, yeah. plexus of yeah. and uh, yeah. roughly what age do the orthopedic settings or plastic settings do this kind of operations if they plan to do this? Uh, roughly, What's the earliest? Uh, the, the earliest in my career is two months, but but that was very rare and and I don't know maybe maybe too early, but let's I, I'd say around half half a year away four four to six months, but those are done yeah but those luckily enough are maybe one not even one a year, we, we don't see that that bad trauma or, or uh, serious traumas that often. I, it's really fascinating to hear about this. I had no idea that you were talking about that workload of patients. I, I was expecting you to say, you know, we, we see maybe one or two patients a year. And I suppose that's, that is what you're saying if you're talking about patients who require surgical intervention. 
but it yeah. seems like yeah. there's a, there's a lot of patients that that have a mild form of the, the, the disease that that you would need to see do, do you think that's related to yeah. obstetric practice is there something about finnish obstetric practice for example is the cesarean section rate lower than in other parts of the world in fact i don't know i i, I can tell but but the the I have a, a sort of a colleague, or not, not a colleague, but an, an occupational therapist with whom I work as a pair uh, following up these brachial plexus palsies uh, until 18 years of age. So we meet them in the beginning more often and, and together with the hand surgeon. And if, if no surgeon is, is needed, we meet them up till 18, but, but not, not that often. Let's say after five years of age, it might be at five, nine, 13 and 15 and, and then uh, 18. But of course, in the, in the beginning, quite, quite, quite many times. Michaelis, I'm just thinking, listening to Patty talking about this and looking at the time, we're going to have to draw it to a close. But it's my feeling that we should devote a podcast or maybe even a webinar to this subject because it's absolutely fascinating to me. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who want to know more about this area of practice. And I'm sure there are there are other people uh, in the world that we could bring to, to do that project. I, I think that would be well worth doing. I, I certainly want to learn about it. So just purely in the interest of time, we should probably wind it up now. Patty, I'm so grateful to you for your input, not just for the specifics on your areas of practice, but for bringing us up to date on practice in Helsinki. It's been absolutely fascinating hearing about it. We're most grateful. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Okay. Thank you very much, Patty. Michaelis, thanks for your input as always. And to everybody listening, I hope you've enjoyed that podcast. Plenty more where this came from. Please join us again on Visio Note Sounds. Thanks very much. Goodbye.